1: isara
2: like i
1: Cheers.
3: On a pitch black night He rode a horse of the purest white He knocked on the door, got a prisoner free In his hand, a bag of money What shall I do when the money runs dry? Here's a prayer that could pierce the sky What shall I do when the gold runs dry? Here's a prayer that could pierce the sky And they call the man Set me free when you got no strength, and you cry and please. Lost in the forest, can't find the trees. Here's what you do when the money runs dry. Here's a prayer that could pierce the sky. Here's what you do when the gold runs dry. Here's a prayer that could pierce the sky. What you do when the money runs dry? There's a prayer that compares.
1: Shalom Aleichem Malachi Asharit Malachi Hashem. ma vetorat khasedal shona sofia sofia halikot ditan belimatzlotot okh ay 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 Or lay who shabatom yom shabbat on your mahmadi Shomra Vizorrah, he made it. Keen Lashishako Beruin, the of our
0: J.M. and the AM Friday morning broadcast on this of Shabbos with um, uh, Avi Hess and Lachado uh Before that, Micha Gammerman with the Lael Shabbat medley here at J.M. and the AM. Uh, we had uh, Mayor Sherman's Proke, Elakad the Mayor done by Eighth Day, Zevi Weinstock and Ari Zucker together, brand new animus Miros, and Regesh with Moda Ani opening things up. And we say good morning, JM in the AM for a Friday air of Shabbos. Big Friday schedule, as you would suspect. When don't we have a big Friday schedule? Um, we always have a big Friday schedule. <laughs> JM in the AM between now and uh, and <laughs> 9 a.m. Eastern time. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny, but I just I feel like I have to. Um, promote the fact that our Fridays are always gargantuan programming-wise, and frankly, they are. I think they speak for themselves. Anyway, we're here between now and um, <laughs> at 9 a.m. Eastern time with a full J.M. in the a.m., including our news from Israel coming up at the top of the hour, including Malcolm Holmline and the uh, weekly update happening at 7.40 a.m. Eastern time, including Harry Rothenberg and Rabbi Udin. Harry at uh, about 7.10, Rabbi, Rabbi Uden at about 8.15. With words about Parsha's Yisro, and um, of course we'll wrap things up at nine o'clock. At nine a.m., it's uh, Naomi Nachman with a brand new table for two. In fact, I think I have—I'm not mistaken. Do I have it here? I think I have the info regarding her program. Um, give it to you in a second. She'll be on between. Uh, she'll be on between nine and ten o'clock. I don't know why this info is taking its time loading. There we go. Today, Naomi Nachman at 9 o'clock will speak with Daniel Schwartz of Passover Listings, LLC, certified health coach and TikTok sensation Melinda Strauss, Instagram influencer Alyssa Goldwater, and Avraham Russack, author of... I can't believe it, just as I'm reading it. Just as I'm reading it, the screen went blank. Okay, good. (laughs) So he's an author, and we'll tell you exactly what he's the author of uh, once this whole thing reloads here at JM in the AM. I didn't think it would be this difficult of a task just to find out who's on Naomi's show today. I guess I could check it on my phone, but uh, we'll figure it out. Oh, here we go. Um, Wow, this is really moving. Uh, This I mean, I'm sure many of you can sympathize when you have a slow moving computer, but this one is really moving slowly. Uh, he is author of The Choosing People. Avraham Russack is author of The Choosing People. All of those folks, the entire lineup of folks, will be uh, on Naomi's show between 9 and 10 this morning. At 10 o'clock, it is a Parsha Yisro Erev Shabbos show with Mark Zamek, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Uh, that happens between 9 and, excuse me, between and 10. And the uh, one, uh, and then of course uh, Kedem presents the Arab Shabbos music mix. Kedem presents the final hour, which will be at about 3:45 uh, this afternoon Eastern Time. Uh, Saturday night Siegel tomorrow night with Avrami and Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler. On uh, Sunday you got Matis with J.M. Sunday live between 7 and 9 a.m. I mean you're talking about an amazing lineup, an incredible lineup, a whole bunch of great weekend programming. As we always like to say, no need. To touch that dial, 15 degrees. It is cold here in New York. In fact, if you are in a uh, remote location, uh, one that would not be near the New York area, you might be uh, enjoying much warmer temperatures. Uh, yesterday, we heard from people in South Carolina. We heard from people on the app yesterday from um, Cancun. We heard from people yesterday. Where was the other one? Oh, Atlanta, of course, because listener Daniel checked in. So a lot of different people in a lot of different places during this yeshiva break. Uh, let us know where you are. Go to the uh, NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and let us know exactly where you are. Uh, listener Tikva says, tov, Shabbat shalom. Thank you, listener Tikva. And Mench says, Good Arif Shabbos. Can you play Baruch Ha'el on the long one? See if we can get to that. Um, I just have to find which long one he means uh, or she means. Uh, but we will try to get, to, well, mensch, so I guess it's a he. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll try to get to that here at jm and Friday morning with 15 degrees, 50% humidity, winds in north at 14 miles per hour. Sunning clouds today with a high temperature of 24. Then tonight, partly cloudy and a low of 14. Wow. Those park young are going to be cold tonight. Mostly sunny for Shabbos with a high temperature of 30 degrees. 48 right now in Yerushalayim. We're at 15 in New York City, as we say good morning on a Friday Erev Shabbos at J.M. in the A.M. Thanks so much for tuning in. As we said, Malcolm Holmlund, the weekly update coming up. Lots going on. We will get into a conversation regarding the uh, regarding what happened last Shabbos in Texas. I guarantee you that Malcolm will have some interesting things to say about that, and probably some practical advice for shuls and schools as well. Uh, so we'll do that and plenty more. If you keep it here on a Friday morning, Erev Shabbos at J.M in the AM. Uh, we'll do um, we'll do this one from uh, Avremo, Avram Freed, and more coming up at JM in the AM.
1: das ich
3: boy you let up with the now and now i ai ai i miss me listen to listen
1: to listen do as him do as him boy you up If we do will leave fun, I'm no one know. I shame i the a lover the mellow I the i mein abne la mit dem derh hazard ani makir kvar bachaim tsaykh lafniem ihr schatzo passuf rakakha gedelim bemetse pashut rakakha shvim elakha bekol ya bo kiyash ¡Suscríbete no.
4: that tara
0: Shua with that uh, nigun. Adam done by the Moshav band, introduced for Tubishvat. We played it uh, for the very first time this past Monday during our Tubishvat special. Mordecai Shapiro's Tamid Yesh Siba, that's brand new. Zushla with L'Chad Odi, done with uh, Yishai Rebo, that's brand new. By Mahu, that's really brand new, came out yesterday. Donnie Kunstler here at JM in the AM. And Avremo had Ms. Marla Soda to open up that set on this uh, Friday morning. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingal.com, on the NachumSingal Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. It's all in the background with we'll our news from Israel coming up. I want, to thank, well, I want to thank everybody responsible for our amazing programming, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, Sunday. Um, thank you to Mark Zamek, thank you to Naomi Nachman, thank you to... Um, Avrami Finkelstein, birthday boy Rami, his birthday yesterday. Thank you to uh, Mathis Weingast. Thank you to Rebellioners Wickler. Uh, thank you to everybody who's, um, and of course, a big thank you to our friends at KEDEM. They sponsor so much of our Thursday through weekend programming. Uh, but I also want to give a special thank you to, um, to two people who are going to be sitting in early next week. I am on vacation uh, in the early part of next week. And Monday and Wednesday, Mayor Ferdig. That's right, Mayor Fertig, who uh, made quite a return appearance <laughs> as a JM and the AM substitute host just a, a couple of months ago. He is back, Mayor Fertig, this Monday and Wednesday. Avrami is going to be subbing on Tuesday morning, and I am planning on being back Thursday morning behind this microphone here at JM and the AM. So, my thanks again to Mayor Fertig, to Avrami Finkelstein, and I hope to uh, speak with everybody behind this microphone on Thursday of next week. Here at JM and the AM. Meanwhile, continue to comment on the app, continue to be tuned in, enjoy your vacation of your way during Yeshiva break, whatever it is that you might be doing, and no matter whether you're in hot or cold weather, wherever you might be, make sure to schlep us along, as I like to say. Make sure to have, have the NSN app with you no matter where you are. And if it's in your phone, it'll be there no matter where you are. Uh, galil Tzahal uh, Israel Army Radio 2pm newscast for a Friday Erev Shabbos is next. We say boker tov from Jamim.
5: Galil la <laughs> sha 2 tzora im tovim ba ulpan gal esh di ma shekorach shav. Orach ba 10 yamim atzru shel tushav nof galil ki ratzach emesh et ishtor rasmiya barbur. ברבור שנרצחה הלילה בדקירות סכין היא הקורבן השישי של אלימות בחברה הערבית מאז תחילת השנה. אורח הדין יוסף חזם שמייצג את הבעל מטעם הסנגוריה הציבורית, טוען מרשון נמצא במצב נפשי מעורר וביקש לשלוח אותו לבדיקה פסיכיאטרית, ידיעה שמסר כתבנו בצפון אדר גיציס. ארבעה פעילי שמאל נפצעו קהל לאחר שהותקפו באלימות בידי יהודים סמוך לישובי צהר, מדווח כתבנו ביהודה ושמרון שאחר גליק.
1: קבוצת רעולי פנים יהודים תקפו במקלות ובאבנים את פעילי ארגון רבנים לזכויות אדם שאיו סמוך לכפר בורין עם חקלאים פלסטינים. התוקפים גם עידו בקבוקי תווארה, היציתו את רכפם של הפעילים ופצעו ארבעה מהם. צוות מדע פינה את כולם באורח קל, המשטרה פתחה בחקירת האירוע, אך עד כה אין עצורים. במועצת ישע גינו את האלימות ואמרו, התנהגות חמורה כזו את ערכי עם ישראל ופוגעת דרקנו.
5: ברקע התחממות יחסי ישראל-טורקיה נפגש היום שגריר ישראל בכפריסין עם שר החוץ המקומי. בסיום הפגישה כתב השגריר כי היחסים בין ישראל לכפריסין בנויים על יסודות חזקים, אשר מתחזקים אף יותר מדי יום. דברים אלו באים ברקע החשש של יוון וכפריסין מפני ההתקרבות ביחסים בין ישראל לטורקיה. כתבתנו המדינית, מוריה אסרה וולברג, מזכירה כי אתמול שוחח שר החוץ לפיד עם שר החוץ של טורקיה, בחייתה זו השיחה הפומבית הראשונה ב טיסת United Airlines מניו יורק לישראל נאלצה לשוב על עקב התפרעות של נושאים במטוס. החברה מסרה לכתבתנו לענייני תעופה ותיירות אינב קרנר כי הטיסה בוטלה עקב המקרה, אך לצד זאת חולקו לנושאים שוברי ארוחות בתי מלון וטיסות חליפיות. בייקבותית פשטות נגיף הקורונה באישוים מדרוזים ועכדרה תרוב אקפירי מדרוזים כאדומים. ההמוצצה הדתית מדרוזית וראשי הרשויות תחילתו על ביתול תקסט תפילה מסורתי של חג גנאבין לחדר שמתקיים מדי שנה בחודשי אוגוסט וארבע קפاري כתבנו אדם פארדج מציאנו כי רוב אימאמים תחילתו לסגורת בית התפילה בקפריהם כמו ינוק, פקינ, וקיסר אמיך חשש לית נגיף. מזג אוויר היום והמחר תחול אלייה קלה בתמperatureות. אח ואלה זמני כניסת השבת פרשת יתרו. בירושלים ב-4.23, בתל אביב ב-4.44, בחיפה ב-4.32, ובבר שבת השבת ב-4.46. ואלה זמני צאת השבת מחר בערב. בירושלים ובחיפה ב-5.41, בתל אביב ב-5.43, ובבר שבת השבת מחר בערב ב-5.44. לכל מאזיננו, שבת שלום. אלה החדשות שעורך יובל סגב. What's
3: that a weave in <imitation>
1: the group? What's that? What's
2: See you
1: in I don't the first. No, I show you,
6: There ain't I knew. there's no one like our king and gamma can you there's no one like our savior I-
0: J.M. and the A.M. with uh, Lucy Klotzko and company and Ainkel Okenu. You heard the Werdiger family with Baruch Kel Elyon to open up the hour. Friday morning, J.M. and the A.M. on this January the 21st. If you're on Yeshiva break, enjoy your vacation wherever you may be. 19th of Shvat, And make sure to listen to us here at J.M. and the Nachum Segal Network all through your vacation. Why not, after all? It's Erev Shabbos as Yisroh with candle lighting at 440. 440 in New York. 440 is candle lighting in New York. Also, remember that... Um, um, Mayor Fertig is here Monday. Actually, he'll be here Monday and Wednesday, uh, Avrami Finkelstein sitting in Tuesday morning. Uh, I get a couple of days off and I thank them both very, very much. And, um, they're going to provide great programming that I can guarantee you. So make sure to be tuned in. Mayor Fertig Monday, of Rummy Tuesday, Mayor Fertig on uh, Wednesday. And I hope to be, be back behind this microphone on Thursday morning right here at JM in the AM. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum School Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Harry Rothenberg has some wonderful thoughts about Parsha's Yisro. Here he is at JM in the AM.
7: A close friend of mine is in Israel, so he sent me a picture of a street sign that he thought I would like. Here it is, Harry Street. Now, he wrote to me and said, I don't think that's really what they meant. If you look carefully at the Hebrew, it should be Ha'ari Street. Presumably, the street was named after the great sage, the Arizal. And when they translated it, they spelled it H-A-R-R-Y, Harry. I wrote back to him and said, no, I disagree. That says Harry Street. It's, it's incontrovertible. That's what it's called. And I said, and besides, I'm certain that the Arizal would not want the honor. He wouldn't want the covet of having a street named after him. So I'm willing to take one for the team. I say that jokingly, of course. But how do I know that the Arizal certainly would not have wanted the honor because the sages tell us that you're supposed to run away from not towards honor and we see a great example of that in this week's parsha moshe's father-in-law yisro comes back to greet him after the exodus and he brings along moshe's wife yisro's daughter Zipporah, and moshe's sons there's a beautiful family reunion and then we're told that yisro sits down to a meal with moshe's brother aharon and with the elders but rashi when discussing this passage asks the obvious question, where's Moshe? Why isn't he listed? And Rashi explains Moshe was the waiter. He was serving the meal. The best analogy I could possibly come up with, and it's still not a good enough one, would be if you sat down at a restaurant and a woman walked up to you and said, hi, I'm Liz. I'm gonna be your waitress this evening. Would you like to start off with the bottled or sparkling or tap water? And you took a look at Liz and realized, wait a minute, that's not Liz. That's Queen Elizabeth as my waitress. You'd be looking all around like, where are the cameras? Obviously, this is some kind of crazy prank. But this wasn't a prank. Moshe himself, forget Queen Elizabeth, with all due respect to her. This was Moshe, the fellow who spoke face to face to God, who took the Jews out of Egypt, who was soon going to go up on the mountain and receive the Torah from God. Moshe was the waiter for a meal. Taking orders. This was one of the way stations during his career arc before he became the person that the Torah is eventually going to describe as the me mikol adam, the most humble person in the world. And yet, humility is still not enough because you have to be very careful that your humility is always only used as a shield to protect you from ego, from getting too big for your own britches, not as a sword to make others feel bad. What do I mean? A number of years ago, I was at an event, and there was a very, very well-known rabbi there, along with his wife. At the end of the event, when it came time to leave, the rabbi helped his wife get into her coat, stood behind her and held it, so she could put one arm in, and then the other arm, and there was a pretty well-known photographer there, and he saw this and grabbed his camera and took a picture. And the rabbi's wife, the Rebidson, saw him, recognized this photographer and said to him, you cannot send that picture out to anyone. He said, why not? It's such a beautiful picture of your husband and the great rabbi helping you out with your coat. And she said, I'll tell you why not. Because other women, other wives may see that picture and they may show it to their husbands and they may say, why don't you help me with my coat? Look at the great rabbi so-and-so. He helps his wife. You're more important than him. And I don't want those husbands to feel bad. I don't want to create any marital strife. not enough to be humble. We also have to be exquisitely sensitive to the feelings of others.
8: Echa mu lety fed veli. Likratchabat lechu venecha kiracha, ne rozhmi kede sucha, shabbat Vene Shabbat nekabela Don't be let go, Tohemune mona am segula boy kala boy ala kala
1: Boi beshalom, atedet bala, kam b'li'na uva tzaholam. Toch emunei uayam seguv lam. Boi beshalom, boi, boi, boi beshalom. I did it, Bala Gamberina. I'm mm-hmm. going
0: Jam in the Am Friday on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Yisro. Yaakov Shweki with Bowie. You heard Lachadodi done by. Eden here at JM in the AM. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos Parshas Yistro, Candle Lighting in New York, 440. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. We've heard from Atlanta. Happy birthday, Carpooler Atara. Good morning and good Shabbos from AJA Carpool number 204. Thank you, listener Daniel. And a happy birthday again to Carpooler Atara. From all of us here at JM in the AM. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at a A&H. and and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old World Classics, Beef Fry, Kishka, and more. And Modern Better For You kosher products including no nitrate added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website at kosherdogs.net. Enjoy a 10% discount with promo code RADIO and try a h today also want to remind everybody, our friends at ShopEichlers.com, shopichlers.com no promo code needed. Uh, between now and through Wednesday, the 26th of January, if you purchase $75 or more, a free Shabbos brush is yours. Go to ShopEichlers.com, enjoy the shopping experience. Remember, they have same-day delivery to a whole host of neighborhoods in New York and New Jersey. their customer service is amazing. ShopBuyClose.com, $75 or more between now and Wednesday. And, of course, the free Shabbos brush is yours. Check it out. Go to ShopBuyClose.com and enjoy. So there you have it. Friday morning, JM in the AM. Malcolm Holmline is going to join us. He's Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. We'll do the weekly update coming up. Rabbi Yudin, of course, is expected to join us from Israel, which is always exciting. To say the least and more if you keep it at JM in the AM.
1: So Oh, 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 She's not na day, Shame <speaking in the Lord's> hello
0: Huda Green with the uh, Huelo Kenu selection. Stormy Shalom done by Shim Kramer. Friday morning, of Shabbos, J.M. and the A.M. with Candle Lighting in New York at 4.40. Don't forget our friends at JewishWorldReview.com are an amazing resource to check out uh, thousands of articles about Israel and the Jewish world. If you want to print them out before Shabbos, uh, that's our recommendation. Make sure to print them out, and uh, you could spend a good amount of time Uh, learning about what's happening in this crazy world of ours, go to jewishworldreview.com and enjoy. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He's with us Friday, uh, 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time for the weekly update here at JM in the A.M. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the A.M.
9: Thank you. It's good to be with you again. Appreciate it. Sounding that. better and better.
0: Appreciate that. Thank you very, very much. Don't sound so bad yourself. <laughs>
9: Do you a me to sing? Or something?
0: Uh, not necessary, but uh, the, the, spo- the spoken word. <laughs> no, it's essential that I don't. <laughs> yeah, the spoken word will suffice for this uh, Friday morning. Uh, well, uh, we know where this conversation starts. I know a lot of people are anxious to hear what you have to say about it. Uh, what happened in Texas last Shabbos uh, was, a, uh, was obviously a frightening episode. Thank God. Um, um, uh, the uh, members of the congregation were able to escape um, from that harrowing situation. And and there's a lot that needs to be discussed in the aftermath of that episode. Uh, Malcolm, you have warned Jewish institutions, schools, and synagogues for so many years how everyone has to view their facility and their people as targets. I would guess that what happened on Shabbos just solidified that point of view
9: well from several points of view actually um, I think that it's it's lessons that we have to derive Uh, one is the about the case itself about uh, the person that that this guy was trying to free and how they lionize terrorists somebody responsible for deaths and for for being involved in potential terrorist plots uh, even enjoying the support supposedly uh, of groups associated with members of congress and the um questions of how a guy with his background didn't raise any flags coming into the country did they not know did they uh, not check uh, and the uh, too often the language that was used that was exposed uh, of the um of the uh, criminal um, describing him as a British man, not being willing to identify uh, because it's part of the motivation, it's part of the story, and not an irrelevant fact in, in this case. And I think the, the um, on the positive side, this uh, rabbi and some of his congregants, one who was there, went through the training program, which I've urged people to take from SCAN, or from any other group that is that is offering it in the Jewish community, to train them to know how to respond, because in the moment you you have to have an instinctive response, so it has to be trained. And he cited the training from Scan, as having been very instrumental in that critical moment in directing his uh, his activities. The um, need for the ca- uh, cameras, which help the police be able to track. The, uh, the terrorist and the um, you know the uh, uh, arrangements in the synagogue itself that was a locked door he was admitted into the synagogue into the temple um, by the rabbi i think so there are lessons that everybody has to derive from it that most of all we cannot take security for granted yeah. there are requests now to double the amount of money for the grants there are other requests that are being made uh in terms of uh, the federal agencies and local agencies developing close ties with them the fact that the police responded and others responded uh, to the to the events that day and and it was a wonderful demonstration of unity of people of all faiths coming behind the, the Jewish community uh but the fact is that these are not things that you can develop again on the on the moment there should be close ties knowledge of the facility by law enforcement, so if God forbid they have to go in, they know where they're going and what what they should be looking for. So many things that we have talked about and that you can get information on the SCAN website, the SCN Secure Community Network, I think .org is their um, website. I just would urge people and those who are members of congregations, people who have kids in schools, please don't make security a stepchild
0: yeah it's got to be a priority um a couple of things i mean you mentioned it and i think we need to focus on it for a minute the the i don't want to say obsession but the media's insistence that he be described as a uh, british national uk um, uh, citizenship etc and completely avoiding any ethnic affiliation any background that would you know again be important to this story i don't know how we've gotten to this point that you know that that these have proven to be insignificant to the general media i mean what do you suggest i i know that you know you always encourage people write letters write emails get on social media make the point but it gets frustrating when it seems that media across the board takes this position and doesn't budge from it
9: well, we're seeing that the, the media distortion gets worse and worse and it's not just Online, it's it's uh, live media. It, uh, you saw so many of the representations of this, the coverage on the other hand. I think overall was uh, sympathetic. People, um, many in the media really covered it well and and took it uh, very seriously. But on the other hand, I, I heard an interview late last night, and I, I started just writing down some of the outrageous things. In the, and it turns out the guy being interviewed was the Edward Said professor. At uh, at Columbia and at absolute distortions, but the distortions were also on the host on this NPR program and it's just absolute distortions, lies, bald lies, and yet they get away with it and there isn't the kind of protest that has to be every time people mouth these kind of of uh, blatantly false a- assertions which do border on anti-semitism and cross the line to anti-semitism often I'm not saying in that interview but that certainly was a complete revisionist history and distortion of of the uh, the reality about the situation in Sheikh Jarrah and how there's ethnic cleansing and and the cleansing linked to loss of life and I mean just complete distortion when the, what they want to do is build a, a school for and they give children that will serve people from East Jerusalem so the the you know the standards have all been broken and the uh, need for people to raise their voices and call up stations write to stations right to advertise right to people to let them know you see that unilever has lost 26 billion dollars in value since the ben and jerry's situation wow. came up i don't think they can ignore it now it's not necessarily all attributable to that. It could be, you know, that people didn't go out and buy their products for other reasons during that time. But the message is very clear. And we have to have it as a sustained one, that that people know that Jews are not uh, easy targets and that there will be consequences for, uh, for attacks on them.
0: And you alluded to it, but I just have to ask uh, more directly. So the FBI officials, President of the United States, some might say, um, who you know are not ready to identify an attack like this immediately as an anti-Semitic attack. I um, mean, I know again we have to respond to this in the same way you just described responding to media distortion. Uh, but but how do we get to this point? How could a gunman walk into a an, an obvious Jewish site in an air, in an area that probably has God knows how many other Um, uh, you know, institutions of faith that are not Jewish, and choose and target this specific one, and it's not recognized as an anti-Semitic episode?
9: Well, I think that uh, the FBI people moved quickly to correct it. There was an agent who said it. But I think the FBI itself, uh, and they did briefings every day uh, this week with Jewish uh, audiences, um, and have said that this is a priority. They certainly were responsive that day, and we know in other cases they work very closely with SCAN. Um, but you know, it, it is uh, unfortunate. It is the political correctness of the day. You don't just uh, being willing to automatically designate things, and yet we know in other regards when there are uh, incidents. How quickly people rush to a judgment that sometimes doesn't prove to be true. Now, not every attack involving a Jew or something is is anti-Semitic. Here, it's clear. Look what the guy had to say. Look at his past history. Look at his his own brother said he never heard anti-Semitic comments, but he certainly saw radical uh, things according to some of the reports that have come from uh, from Britain uh, about the guy. So. you know, to to in any way believe the guy chose this place because it was the closest to where he was and where she is being held, according to him, and that um, you know there was nothing haphazard about either the intent or the selection of location.
0: Yeah, um, the uh, th- one of the bigger messages here, by the way, and it's interesting to watch reaction from different parts of the Jewish community. And, um, uh, again, we're getting further and further away from the World War II era, so sometimes people forget what I'm about to say. Uh, But one of the lessons we learn, again, is that Jews are Jews. If not to us, if not every group of Jews wants to recognize other groups of Jews, to the enemy or to those who want to destroy us, we are one and the same. And I think that's a really important lesson to come out of this. I was a bit disturbed with the way people portrayed things in terms of you know this this uh, house of worship uh, being different or not being you know uh, included in mainstream Judaism or however they put it. And I think we need to realize that when an enemy walks into any institution, school, it could have been any of us, school or shul or, or any type of Jewish uh, site, it could be a JCC or anything. Uh, they don't care. They don't care about the background. They don't care about how you pray. They don't care what you believe in. The reality is that to them, you're all Jews. And according to this guy, Jews control the world. So he wanted to take matters into his own hands.
9: Yes, and the, the particular rabbi supposedly is, is uh, somebody who is affiliated with J Street, with his own personal views, uh, if, if uh, this a, well? gunman had <laughs> made some distinction. He didn't, as you said. They see one thing and that is that it was a jewish institution and these were jews and the reaction i think has overall been very supportive of the people regardless of the the affiliation and and i think it's been true when we saw Hasidim attacked that the community as a whole responded to it uh maybe not early enough but but i think increasingly that is the case that they understand This is it's becoming open season and we can't tolerate it because once one part of the Jewish people is under assault, all of us are under assault.
10: Right.
9: And, uh, you know, at that time, is not the time to check tits or anything else to know that they mean all of us and that whether whatever you think of somebody else, it's nothing to do with it. Our enemies see us as one and that we have to respond accordingly to recognize they see oh, just one blanket picture. It's like often animals can't distinguish. You know, their eyesight doesn't allow them to distinguish targets. But they see if you move, then they can notice see you, which is why people go on safaris. Um, but the the here too, the enemy sees us as just one blur. They're Jews, and they see Israel as part of the same picture. And those who try to disassociate from Israel, that doesn't mean whether they can't be critical of some decision or policy. Right they it's one picture
0: yeah Uh, what by the way this whole uh, you know mantra this whole um, uh, 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 description or 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 um, dialogue I guess I should say monologue in his case of Jews controlling the world I mean we always talk about incitement we always talk about indoctrination we always talk about this comes from somewhere and it usually starts young And I don't know what this guy's background was, you know, as a kid, uh, but I would bet that, you know, he was fed a lot of this as he was uh, growing up and developing his radical views. And then, of course, look who he's trying to free from prison, which makes which made less sense as the story went on. Because apparently at the beginning, we thought they were actually relatives. And then it turned out that they, you know, have no blood relation. Uh, But this whole indoctrination, which we always talk about, what's going on in textbooks, what's going on in classrooms, what's going on in camps, uh, especially in the Middle East. As the enemy continues to prepare its younger people for for you know when they're older, this is where it all starts. This is where it all comes from. And if these lies are going to be what uh, you know what people base their desire to kill Jews on, then that indoctrination and all of that has to stop. You know, and we we need to do what we can to stop it.
9: Yes, you know, and it's interesting that yesterday there was a vote in the UN with 114 co-sponsors of a resolution, only the second resolution. Uh, that Israel ever got through the UN, uh, initiated by Israel, and uh, it was adopted by consensus with only one country speaking against it. And I'll give you uh, one guess which country it is that will talk against a resolution that condemns anti-Semitism, Holocaust denial, et cetera And to Ambassador Don's credit, he, he pushed this resolution, uh, and it was adopted. And of course, it was Iran that uh, said they reject it, and and. If, Engages in Holocaust denial, et cetera, but I do think that around the world there's a growing recognition of the scourge of anti-Semitism. There are too many governments that either close an eye to it or even contribute to, to it. And with the exception, again, this week there was a study that came out of the textbooks and shows how the UAE uh, has moved. To, uh, uh, do, deleted the anti-Israel stuff and the anti-Jewish stuff and put in positive and movement towards tolerance. And the same thing true in Egypt and in other countries, in, especially impacted by the Abraham Accords, but even beyond Morocco uh, as well. Uh, so it's the one place in the world where you see a positive change in terms of, of anti-Semitism is not some of the Muslim uh, Arab, and even Arab countries uh, over the last years.
0: Yeah, Interesting. Let's hope that trend continues. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, dot com, on the Siegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. I mean, I keep hearing from people in Israel that, you know, <laughs> every time they wake up in the morning, more and more people they know are testing positive. Is You know, we, we thought this was going to start <laughs> going away, uh, I, I mean, the, the numbers just keep going up. And it's funny that now the skies are open. I Are there any regulations at all? Can anyone now with a negative PCR test get to Israel?
9: Well, you have to file some paperwork. And, and those who are planning to go, make sure you fill it accurately because a lot of people are getting rejected because they didn't do it. And they come to the airport and find out they can't go. But uh, the restrictions are are increasingly being lifted. Now we're told that the green pass in Israel is also... Uh, subject to being lifted uh, very soon Uh, the the, about two million Israelis have had it uh, and the estimate is that by the end of the month which is just a few more days uh, it will peak and then you'll start seeing it decrease as as in South Africa here in New York also the numbers have been have started to decrease whether it's herd immunity or not we don't know I certainly don't know but it still has some time to run before it will be in a in the safe zone. Uh, but people, there's a lot of pent up demand. People want to go. They want to see their children, grandchildren. They want to in Israel. They want to visit. They have all sorts of um, reasons uh, for going. We haven't seen the surge in tourism that was expected uh, and some anticipated, including me. Uh, yeah. But I think it's just postponed. I think it's people will are are waiting to see what happens and then you'll get a big rush once the uh, numbers start li- uh, going down significantly and any restrictions are are lifted and my concern is that that people make plans for Pesach may now not decide not to go to Israel uh, I think it's a mistake. I, I'm sure, but Pesach things will be better. I mean, nobody can predict the course <laughs> of this, yeah. this this crazy disease that some new variant uh, pops up. But tourism is very important. Our presence in Israel is very important. I, I know people have uh, a desire to go, uh, but are very concerned. We've seen it in our own uh, engagements. Yeah,
0: it is difficult. I'll tell you. Yeah, there's. I think the attitude has become after two years. That people are just not willing to go through all the mac of anything. By the way, it could be going out to dinner, it could be going to Broadway, it could be you know trying to get together for you know uh, with friends. It, it, until it actually becomes a reality, and you're like you're hours away from seeing that it's going to happen, then people are ready to act. And I think with the Israel thing, I think people are just you know not ready to to de- you know to plan something two, three, four weeks in advance. And then, you know, have in their mind this could change, this regulation could change, this quarantine, you know, um, standard can change. Uh, And I think that just is very frustrating for people. So I get it that uh, the surge in tourism is something that's greatly desired. Uh, But I'm with you. I think it's going to take a while. Um, And Pesach, I don't know. I don't know if there's going to be a rush for people to go to Israel. Is there any news on the Netanyahu deal? Because it seems like the only way this is going to happen, according to the Attorney General's staff, is if he actually uh, if he actually agrees to completely stay out of government. I guess this would mean for the rest of his life. So is there any hope that this deal might actually still happen?
9: I think yes, still. It, but every day decreases the possibility because the Attorney General's term is coming to an end very soon and if this has to go to a new attorney general um, we don't know that they will be willing to to join in it i thought the addition of um Aaron barack the former chief justice and uh, somebody not only could uh... person uh... endorsing it and getting involved would have expedited it but it's very complicated and there's the question of the charge of moral turpitude which does require then that i think uh, seven years you have to stay out of politics or they can ban you from politics forever mm-hmm. Uh, uh... the questions of what does he have to admit guilt to and you know this is i think a very difficult decision for netanyahu there are those who you know urge him to fight it through but i think he he sees what what evidence or what they have Uh to go through this day after day endlessly is, and this will drag on for a long time uh... is not a very pleasant prospect so i think he has to weigh all of the factors and uh hopefully they can expedite it and get this off the agenda because it it just sucks up so much of the energy and so much of the attention uh and it's it, it doesn't it's not productive in
0: any way at this point there was an analysis an opinion piece that said that um since and i and I don't get this if you could explain it to me great uh that Netanyahu is the glue that holds this coalition together and therefore if he makes a deal like this and ends up leaving government it's going to put the pr- current Israeli government on shaky ground now this was said and and it, this was believed or taken seriously enough that the prime minister apparently alluded to it without you know stating it directly alluded to it in a public statement that the the situation is fine, stable, we're going to continue, government is working, et cetera, et cetera. It, c- Can you explain this, why Netanyahu's presence in the government today could be a factor in its viability tomorrow?
9: Because a lot of the people who are, who are there are there because anybody but PB and that they could not join with the Likud under BB's leadership and might come back. I mean, I yell at Chaked. Get on broke from them. You see the, the criticism from current members and the divisions that exist. So the, the feeling was that the government was able to come together mostly because it wasn't Bibi. And um, you know that, that if you look at the numbers, projections for Bennett's party, he doesn't cross the threshold if elections were held today, uh, meaning it would get four seats or five seats, maybe. That, again, is subject to a lot of changes and a lot of uh, uh, discussion. But the So the fact of what keeps them together, such a diverse group of people, is one, that they know if they go to elections, some of them will not be back in government, and two, that, it, that they can rally, and the glue that keeps them together is against Netanyahu. The, the same thing is true in Likud. We could see... A breakup of Likud, uh, if Netanyahu, who is the is certainly the strong leader there, if he was to remove from the scene, you have already declared candidates from Barkat and Yuli Edelstein and Saar and many others. Cats. Uh, um, there isn't one that is a, a strong figure, as strong a figure as Netanyahu to consolidate everybody. Uh, the poll show that Smutrich Right, right-wing party would be the big beneficiary right now. But again, that doesn't mean that will be true if they go to polls and, you know, to actually vote. That's, uh, Israelis always uh, deceive in that regard. Right. You know, they tell the truth to the pollsters and lie at the polls. So they have a, a long history. So people shouldn't jump to every conclusion right now. But it is true that Netanyahu's presence is the overwhelming, and the Likud is still the largest party by the, in, in the the polls that are done, but uh, if he was removed from the scene, you see a major shift, and it depends then who would emerge. But it's likely that there will be a bloodbath within Likud, uh, and then uh, if somebody can emerge, it might have splintering into various
0: parties. It must be it must weigh on him this decision so much more so. If he, in fact, is aware—and I have to assume he is aware—that uh, he has this prominent a role, this prominent a quiet role, the current Israeli government. Is something That's
9: a, it's not a quiet one, and he, he is very much aware of the uh, of his unique position. But you know, he's over seventy. I think he, you know, he's looking at the future and what his family will go through, what will happen if they go has to go to trial and everything comes out. And frankly, I, I think he cares about the country. And, you know, when you look at what's going on with Iran, just the decision on East Med, the, the, the so many things in this one week the attacks in Yemen, um, Haftar from Libya landing in in, in, in Israel, uh, Indonesia delegation coming to Israel to talk about COVID, not yet ready for elections, but uh, the discussions between uh, Bennett and Putin, uh, so many things, and yet. The dominant issue headlines issues often relate to the to the trial. Wow,
0: whole thing is unbelievable. By the way, you just alluded to the uh, to what happened in Yemen. I mean, so, I mean, actually, to put it differently, what happened in the UAE because of the Yemen Houthis. So, can you? I, I know that <laughs> it could be frustrating that someone like me does not know the tutorial on this. But there there is a war in Yemen going on. So, so these which groups and why are against the UAE?
9: Okay, so the uh, there is a group called the Houthis who have challenged uh, the government uh, and the UAE and Saudi Arabia back the government forces. They the uh, UAE withdrew from Yemen in 2019 and has a small counterterrorism uh, unit there uh, involved in anti-Houthi operations. Um, until now, the Houthis have been targeting Saudi Arabia. Uh, often we believe it's actually Iran that's doing it, and especially that attack, if you remember, uh, on the airport, uh, the coordinated attack by uh, missiles that flew around the Gulf and hit them. Now we're seeing the increased use of drones, even ballistic missiles in the hands of the Houthis uh, and perhaps uh, and other um, missiles that they have been using. Um, so they've opened another front now uh, on the UAE, which has been supporting the forces. And there were, they've had some successes on the field, meaning that they, the government-backed forces have The non-Houthi government-backed forces have actually made territorial gains, and the um, UAE uh, withdrew their support to some degree. But uh, it it, it tells us what the real intent. And none of this could take place without Iran's direct involvement and backing of the of the Houthis. It's a way for them to tie down the Saudis. Even though they're meeting, they met this week. this, a delegation from Iran went to Saudi Arabia, and the UAE met also with the Iranians, in part probably to dampen down the threat uh, from the Houthis. But they, they now have missiles that can go 930 miles, which means that they can hit uh, targets in UAE, but it also means they can hit targets in Israel. Right. And the you know they set a fire at a fuel depot and an international airport. Uh, many other missiles were taken down by the defense uh, systems that um, that are there. Then Israel offered its assistance to the to the Houthis because they're fighting a, a common enemy. Um, but we know that Iran sent 136 drones last year. I, I've talked about the growing threat of the drones uh, and the use of them by Iran and more and more sophisticated uh, uh, drones um he, the UA forces have back have largely not been involved in directly in the offenses against offensive actions, I should say, against the the Houthis, but um uh, lately, the, those forces that they backed have been uh, challenging the Houthis more in various uh, governments in very key areas.
0: Just so I understand, the, Israel did lend support to the Houthis. You said
9: they offered not to Houthis to the UAE. Oh, to UAE. Okay, against the Houthis. I thought you said and, and said war. that you know this is a reminder of the common enemy. That the countries all face, which is essentially Iran,
0: and the scary part—I mean, the scary part is a lot of scary parts. But uh, what's what's really frightening in this year 2022 is the sophisticated weapons and weaponry that these groups have. I mean, you pointed out now almost on a weekly basis. But uh, you know, to the average person, it looks like something that's insurmountable. I'm assuming Israeli intelligence is on on top of this and has the capability of taking out even these. Uh, you know, guided drones and other things that could do, do tremendous damage.
9: Well, there are a couple of things uh, that you, uh, reference what you've said. Uh, for one, the United States uh, uh, delisted the Houthis as an international terrorist organization in the last year. Delisted. Delisted. So now everybody's demanding that they be relisted. Oh, I think, it, I think that's the subject. To, I think that came sir- up in
0: the Biden press conference, I think. I don't remember there was this, there, well,
9: that, that they had been pressing them to right. relist and questioning why they were delisted. There yeah. is no rationale for, for delisting them. They are a terrorist organization. Um, uh, when you, and when you talk about Israel's capabilities, uh, they do have a good intelligence, and they have. Um, you remember an Israeli ship, the Mercer Street, was attacked by right. these drones. Also, yep. in a very critical, uh, and I reported it here, but I understand that people. Didn't see the significance of it, but it was really a watershed event when they could use these kamikaze um, drones to to attack a ship uh, far away from Israel. And and it was part of the escalation of their capacity in this regard. But Israel this week tested the Arrow-3 anti-ballistic missile system. It's done together with the U.S., with the um, missile defense uh, uh, um, organizations of both countries were there. And this interceptor um, is able maybe even to hit satellites in orbit. So it's a huge development. Now Israel has three stages. You have Iron Dome the lower level you have um, David sling for longer distance and now the arrow missile uh, the problem is that it's very expensive to fire them and you know you, you have a thousand dollar missile coming in from uh, Gaza and you have to fire a hundred thousand dollar counter missile or two actually to 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 take it down so hopefully there there are other development new means to counter this threat at a much more reasonable cost uh, that, God willing, and by the, and within the year will be operational.
0: Were you as confused as many others were by the President of the United States' statements regarding the Ukraine and Vladimir Putin? And on top of that, the question he was asked about the uh, Iran deal, where I, 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 I guess the short answer that he provided was that there will be a deal, but I thought that wasn't really obvious yet that there would be a, a final deal replicating uh, what was going on before 2015
9: well it isn't clear yet that there is a deal the iranians have been very resistant and they are playing their cards they feel that they the other united states and the europeans are being very weak on this um you know will uh, agree and the warnings have come out this week from israel from some of the arab countries about the release of funds taking the sanctions down that will again put billions of dollars at the disposal of iran to use to support their terrorist activities it's not going to go to help the fifty percent of Iran that's under a drought and people don't have water, it's not gonna help, you know, provide medicine for the people who've been very sick there with with COVID or any of the other real purposes of a of a government, it's going to be used for offensive purposes. They've demonstrated in the past, they're gonna do it now. Look what they're doing while they're under the restrictions. And China has been a lifeline for them because they're buying their oil and exporting it in the United States and others have sort of closed the blind eye in the hope that this would somehow move Iran, but we're seeing it move in the wrong direction. And, you know, the question of the the internal splits within the Iranian power sources between the Supreme Leader's House and the IRGC, between Russian influence and Chinese influence and others uh, active there and playing uh, roles within the the government, that the – uh, this is a time when you really have to be tough. That the Iran economy is in total collapse. They need this money to survive. They know it, but they they feel uh, less pressure somewhat because of the increased oil income and the price of oil shot up. Um, but it's nowhere near what they what they need. So if if they see th- that the parties they're negotiating with are weak. Then they'll just take more advantage of it and delay it as it has been going on. And then they, the, the, the important message also is that even if they would agree, let's say, to, to, to export the uranium enriched above 20 percent or above three, even 3.6 percent, which is what the deal is, they have the knowledge now. They've proved it. They have the uh, advanced centrifuges. So they can reactivate this instantly. And put all of that back to work. So even if they would agree, it is not in any way diminishing the knowledge that they've gained, the expertise they've gained, the technology they gained when they launched that missile and everybody said, oh, it's a failure, a failure. No, it wasn't because its main purpose was to put a a satellite into orbit. Its main purpose is to develop their ballistic missile capacity, which they're not allowed to do under U.N. sanctions, but do it under the guise that it's part of their space program.
0: Uh, And what do you think of the president's analysis regarding the Ukraine?
9: Look, I think Ukraine is a very serious issue, and and um, you know President Putin is uh, very clever, very shrewd. He he manipulates the uh, situation. He he forces the, these negotiations with the um, the Europeans at a time when we canceled the e- the East Med. Uh, the United States announced that they were no longer supporting the East Med uh, pipeline, and they said it's because it's not. Uh, economically viable, and so far there has been no funding raised for it. But also because it's, uh, you know, the carbon neutral drive, and this would be for fossil fuels, and therefore they oppose it. Whatever it was handled in the wrong way because of the way it came out, um, you know, left the countries there scrambling. And we had calls with the um, with people from Greece, Cyprus, and Israel, who were all who were directly affected, and it seems that they were surprised by it, but. If we cut out these, now, of course, Turkey steps in and said, well, we have an alternative pipeline, but the Russians have the main pipeline. So we're supporting their pipelines into Europe and denying alternatives. Uh, Maybe it it can be worked out in other ways. It should have been worked out, but but this is, uh, I mean, we're just building the dependency uh, on Russia and strengthening his position.
0: Well, unbelievable what's going on. you got to thank God that the world is still standing, frankly. Um, We'll we'll save the Anne Frank story for next week. I know people wanted me to ask you about it. We'll save it for next week. Thank you so much, Malcolm, of a wonderful Shabbos. We'll speak again next week, please, God. Have a great Shabbos. Malcolm Holine is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. With us Friday morning, 7.40 Eastern Time, for the weekly update right here. At J.M. in the A.M. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos Parsha's Yisro, candlelighting in New York at 4.40. 4.40 is your official candlelighting time here in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. And uh, always a, uh, not just a pleasure, but always a significantly more inspirational uh, to have Rabbi Yunin speak to us from Israel, live from the Holy Land. Always more inspiration. It's always inspirational, that I could tell you. I could tell you that for almost four decades uh, but when uh, Rabbi Udin is in Israel speaking to us about the parsha, it takes on even greater significance. This time each and every Friday morning, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Udin, spiritual leader emeritus, congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Udin. Good morning,
11: Achim, good Erev Shabbos, everybody, and uh, good afternoon for those who are fortunate enough to be with me in Eretz Yisrael. Today's program is coming from Beit Shemesh and uh, Kishmo Kenhu. Nice and sunny, very nice day in Eretz Yisrael. And um, I'm a bit nostalgic because I've been privileged to be here. Thank God. This is the fifth Shabbos. But um, uh, next week, back to Fairlawn, New Jersey, Mir Hashem. And... uh, my consolation is that not only will I be able to Bar Hashem continue uh, with JM in the AM, but also, thank God, to teach at Yeshiva University. Okay, tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Yisro. Parshas Yisro, according to the Chinoch, contains 17 mitzvot, 3 positive and 14 restrictions. Now, Let's understand something. How important is Parsha Tisro? So you're going to say to me, very, and you're going to say, every Parsha is important. Yes, but go immediately to the Rashi at the very end of Chapter 1 of the Rashi's, where the Torah says that, Vayi ere Vayi Voker Yom Hashishi, the sixth day. It doesn't say the fifth or any other day, the. Last sixth day, because Rashi says that Kodesh Baruch Hu made a condition, a Tanai, with the world that he had just created, and said, look here, if Klai Yisrael accepts the Torah, then there'll be purpose and meaning to the world, and it will continue. But if not, there's no purpose for this world. So how important is Parsha Yisrael? It is literally the implementation of Hakadosh Baruch Hu's desire that we have a world. Mm-hmm. Remember, His Tachel BeOraisa, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, literally looked into the Torah, Ubara Alma, and then he created the world. And so, what I'd like to do is review quickly the Aseris Hadibros, but I'd like to do it in a little bit of a different way. We know that there is a minhag, almost universal, to stand for the Aseres Hadibros. Interestingly, in Eretz Yisrael, for the Hanan, I learned this morning that they do not. But we stand for both Parshas Yisrael and Ve'ez uh, and the idea is why. The Rambam was against this practice of standing because we don't want to give the impression that any one part of Torah is more important. And therefore, we follow the concept and the teaching of the Ramban who says that to remember the experience, Ma'amad Har Sinai is a biblical mitzvah, and we do it on Shavuos, and we do it as well this Shabbos. So it's very possible that the reading of the Torah, the Shabbos, is not simply a rabbinic mitzvah as every Shabbos of reading the Torah, but it might be boosted up to, on a Torah level, Maimad Har Sinai. Now, why do we stand? The Pesach says, They stood at the foot of the mountain, and we are reliving their experience. Now, what's very important to know is that the way the Torah is read is, for the Aseris dibros is different than the way the Ta'amim, the notes, appear in the Chumash. The Chumash has what is known as Tam Tachton. Literally, the notes at the bottom, as you find throughout the Torah. Tam Elion, which is the way we read it in public, in shul, has the Ten Commandments as just that, ten separate individual commandments categories. So the Second Commandment of L'yi contains no less than one, two, three, four sukkin. The four psukim are not read individually as psukim. They're read as one long pasuk, one dibra, the second of the Ten Commandments. And similarly, regarding Shabbos, Shabbos is one, two, three psukim, long psukim, and it's read as one long pasuk. So it's in your Chumash, you're going to find what is known as Tam. Tachton, the notes, which according to the Gemara and Megillah, the Ta'amim, are halacha and the Moshe Sinai. They come from when Moshe came down from the mountain. He taught the people that God gave a system of reading called Ta'amim. And here, this Shabbos, we're going to be reading in the B'sha Knesses, the Aseris Adibros. With Tom Elyon, I'd like to make the following um, suggestion that I heard from one of my colleagues, and I am excited about it. And that is that Tom Tachton, which divides it into psukim, is taking the Ten Commandments on its literal level. However, Tom Elyon as we're going to read it in the Beisach Knesset, is raising it to a greater, higher standard. Now, what does that mean? It means the Medjish, <coughs> excuse me, tells us that kol Hashem bakoach. What does that mean? Hashem at Sinai recited to Am Israel and indeed the entire world. The Ten Commandments but not everybody understood it in the same way. What does that mean? Each person understood the Ten Commandments in accordance with their personal intellectual level and so I will show that for example let's get started. The first of the Ten Commandments I am your God that took you out of Mitzrayim we base avodim from the house of slavery. Good. That is the first of the Ten Commandments, to remember what HaKadosh Baruch Hu did for us in the past. The Tom Elio tells us, wait a minute. We're not only to remember what he did for the past, but we are to anticipate what he will do for us in the future. As the Navi Micha taught us, me me Eretz Mitzrayim, Just as I took you out in the past, wow! Will I show you os in the future? So there is a deeper meaning in the Tam Elul. The second of the Ten Commandments is that of Tlo'yev L'cha Al Panoi, not to uh, recognize. Any other God other than HaKadosh Baruch the prohibition of idolatry, that would be Yotam Tachton. That would be the literal understanding of the text. The rabbis see this in a much greater way. Of course, someone is not going to take a piece of wood, a piece of metal, and bow down to it. But what does it mean? L'O'Yeh the don't you make yourself into an abode Zorah. Now, what does that mean to make yourself into a god? Someone who unfortunately might possess a bit too much gaiva, amidst too much arrogance. That is an additional understanding of the Second of the Ten Commandments. The Talmud teaches us in the Gemara Shabbos 105, Kola ko'es, whoever gets angry, once again, k'ilu oved avodah Now, what does that mean? When a person is angry, they don't have the clear composure of mind, which a person is to have all the time, giving them the awareness of Hashem's presence. If your person, unfortunately, is in a state of anger, that deflects him from the ideal reality, a much deeper understanding of mm-hmm. Lo Yeh The third of the Ten Commandments is Lo Seisot. Don't take God's name in vain. Good. So what does that mean? A brach I don't have a cup of coffee in front of me, and I don't have anything in front of me, and I make a bracha. Shalom, Good. That's the literal translation. But let's move it on to a higher level. The whole idea of recognizing the institution of Kedusha, that there is Kedusha Hashem, that God's name literally is encased and emanates holiness. And therefore, a great part of the holiness of the Beis HaKnesis is, yes, it contains the Oron, no question, but the Tefilos, the Kedusha, literally that's recited in the Beis HaKnesis, is what contributes to it. So, again, there's so much more than the literal understanding in this Tan Elion. Number four, and that is the Chorus Yom HaShabbos Okay, the mitzvah of taking a cup of wine and reciting Kiddush. However, there's so much more to Shabbos than the recitation of Kiddush. We have to remember Shabbos as we do every single day, and that is Today we said in our davening, ayom, yom, shishi, Shabbos, each and every day. The concept that Shabbos is what energizes the rest of the week. And so the bracha for each of the days throughout the week comes from Shabbos. The fifth of the Ten Commandments is to honor one's parent. The literal translation is, the Gemara tells us in Kedushin 31, that the fulfillment of that is by reciprocating, doing for the parents what the parents did for you as a child. That's the literal translation of kibbutz, and that could be based very clearly on hakorot satov. I recognize, realize what my parents did for me. However, on a deeper level, why do I honor my parents because, as the Gemara says in Kedushin, that there are three partners in man, and by honoring one's parent, one comes to honor a sheba shamayim a father in heaven, and so it's a it's a step, stepping stone towards a much higher degree of spirituality. The sixth commandment is. Literally, don't take a weapon and, God forbid, kill somebody. However, it's not simply not to kill in a literal sense. It rather means we're not to embarrass somebody. It's better, the Talmud teaches. That a person would almost literally tamar, rather than embarrass Yehuda and identify him by name, she's ready to be, to die. The concept of not embarrassing somebody else is exceedingly important. Again, a higher level of sirta. Now, Mulsirza, which is literally do not commit adultery, we go on a much deeper level that there is sanctity in marriage. The whole concept of Taras HaMishpacha, the whole concept of Kedusha, of bringing the Shekhinah into the home, the concept of kedushas HaPet, the sanctity of one's mouth, the prohibition of Nivel Peh, the institution of Shmiras Einaim, of person being careful what he, she watches. All this is included in this Tom on a higher level for the Ten Commandments. Number eight will signal, which is the literal translation from the context, just as six and seven are punishable by capital punishment. Number eight is will signal, and there's a prohibition of kidnapping, but the higher level of Tom elion would be, wait a minute, das, that you can't give the wrong impression. I invite you to come to my house for Shabbos because I know that you don't know that I know, but I know that you're going away. You say to yourself, what a nice guy he is. But in reality, the only reason why I invited you is because I knew you weren't coming. Or the concept of Shoel Shalomidas. I am watching your object, period. You didn't give me permission to use it. I didn't ask for permission to use it. I use your object. I put it back in its place. The time that I used it, without permission, I was a Ganov. So the whole idea of Geneva is not simply whether it's kidnapping or in a very literal sense taking that which belongs and taking it from their domain to yours, but even on the time Elio is much more sophisticated. Number nine, Osana be Reacha, a sheker, not to give false testimony, once again a prohibition, with one speech, this will go and we'll put it up the time Elio of the prohibition of Lashon Hara, the prohibition of Rechilas, whereby in Lashon Hara you are damaging somebody, their reputation, and in Rechilas you are literally um, exposing secrets and those issues that a person would normally not want, uh, but normally kept quiet, you are exposing. And finally, the last one, which is literally not to covet, probably very difficult, but if we understand number one, that it all comes from God, then whatever the next one has, I can't be jealous of. That's what he needs, and whatever I have, that's what I need, and I cannot be jealous of the next one. So I hope that what we have done, learned, and studied together is that there is a much deeper appreciation to these Ten Commandments, and I pray that each and every year we strive to not only understand the literal meaning of the of dibros, but please, God, to incorporate and appreciate each of the dibros on a higher level. Shabbat Shalom
12: to all.
0: Kikel Poel, brand new 8-ton cats, J.M. In the AM, Friday morning broadcast, Erev Shabbos Parsh Yisroh, candle lighting at 4.40. Naomi Nachman is coming up at, uh, Naomi Nachman is coming up at, you know when you just have to write a note to yourself about something? There we go. <laughs> Naomi Nachman's coming up at 9 o'clock with, with the next edition of Table for Two. <laughs> Uh, Daniel Schwartz of Passover Listings, LLC, certified health coach and TikTok sensation Melinda Strauss, Instagram influencer Alyssa Goldwater, and Avraham Russack, author of The Choosing People, will all be Naomi's guests coming up between 9 and 10. The Arab Shabbos Show at 10 o'clock with Mark Zamek, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem, Erev Shabbos music mix all day long, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Uh, tomorrow night, Avrami Finkelstein and Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler for Saturday night Siegel at 9 o'clock. Monday, uh, Sunday it's J M Sunday with Matis live Sunday morning between seven and nine a.m. and um, what else I want? Oh, and Monday Mayor Fertig is here. Mayor Fertig behind the microphone Monday and Wednesday. Tuesday it's going to be Rummies. I got a couple of days off. Thank you, thank you to my amazing staff. Uh, I got a couple of days off. Uh, frankly, days off that I've needed over the last uh, probably since Thanksgiving. <laughs> I needed a couple of days off. Uh, so a big thank you to um, uh, to my staff, and a big thank you especially to Mayor Fertig, and to Avrami Finkelstein, who'll be sitting in until I get back here behind the mic. Bezratashem, on Thursday morning, here at JM in the AM, and make sure to uh, continue to uh, comment on the app. Let them see your app comments. Let them know where you are, where you're listening, etc., etc., so that um, so that our substitute hosts uh, can feel the interaction the same way I'm able to feel it every single day and believe you me I greatly appreciate it a lot of nice comments on the app this week and uh, that really helps keep us going I can tell you that much it really helps keep us going J.M. and the AM Friday, Erev Shabbos this is a song that uh, wow it goes back a while words literally from Parsha's Yisro, Miami, J.M. and the AM
13: Barul Hashem I share his heal as ham, mead me Baruch Hashem, I share his heal as Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem.
0: J.M. in the A.M. Wow, huh? Benzion Solomon and Lachad Odi on a Friday morning of Shabbos. Again, my thanks in advance to uh, Mayor Ferdig, who will be here Monday, Avrami, who will be here Tuesday, and Mayor Ferdig, who will be here Wednesday uh, as they take over during those three days, and uh, I get a chance to hopefully get a little bit of rest and not wake up at 4 a.m. And uh, I thank them very, very much for stepping in much appreciated. Our amazing weekend programming is, in fact, amazing. A uh, table for two with Naomi Nachman, brand new, coming up at 9 o'clock, just five minutes from now. We've got um, Mark Zomik and the Arab Shabbos show, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Erev Shabbos music mix, brought to you by Kedem. Last hour, coming up at about 3.45 Eastern time. We've got the... Um, Saturday night Seagull program with Avrami and Rabbi Eliezer's Wickler tomorrow night. We've got Mattis and JM Sunday live, Sunday morning, which is amazing. Mattis is incredible how he's done that every single week live. Admire him greatly for that. Candle lighting at 440 um, here in the New York area. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Time to say good Shabbos with Journeys at JM and the M.
1: a very special sign Your candles will be burning
0: And our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the World of Web and NachumSigl.com and the Nachomsigl Network. And, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Well, my thanks to all of you for tuning in, of course. And my thanks to uh, both uh, Mayor Ferdig and uh, Avrami Finkelstein for sitting in in the early part of next week. Much appreciated. I hope to be back on Thursday morning here at JM in the AM. A wonderful Shabbos. Great weekend, everybody. Until next time, Nachum Sigal reminding you. Oh, I forgot to uh, do the Mazel, mazel Tov's. on the off-roof of Yisrael, Mayor Kaplan, and Mazel tov on the off-roof of Shragi Obermeister from all of us here at JM in the AM. Until next time, Nachum Sigal reminding you. Remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.